Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein listens to your questions and provides unbiased answers. Invest Talk, over 31 million downloads and counting. I wanted to get your opinion on ticker symbol. I just really like it as a long term play. I uh, appreciate the show, appreciate all the knowledge. Thanks, guys. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our September 13th, 2021 edition of Invest Talk, and I appreciate you all tuning in this hour. And I'm going to do my very best to help guide you, give you the right information and perspective that can give you the next step or let you take the next step in your investment journey and help you continue to make good decisions with your money, both on the saving side, the investing side, and the spending side as well. So uh, we focus a lot about investing, but we're going to talk about all money investment topics that are out there. So if you have any of those, it doesn't have to be just a stock question. It can be about a broad strategy, a sector, about um, how to save money, how to spend money correctly, etc. I'm here to help you in any way that I can. And the way that I do that is with my mission statement, which is independent thinking and shared success. And that's my assurance to you. That no matter what I'm speaking about, I'm here to give you the facts as I see them. And I'm going to present it all without bias. So I'm Justin Klein. Of course, I encourage you to contact me with your finance and investment questions. And when you do that, you get to shape the show to your liking. I can talk about whatever is on my mind. But ultimately, what's most important is what is on your mind. And the best way for you to let me know is by giving us a call either right now during our live stream program, 4 to 5 Pacific Time, or if you're listening after hours, no big deal. Leave a message on our Invest Talk voice bank. Either way, that number never changes. 888-99-CHARTS. Let's get right to our first listener question now. Hey, Steve or Justin, this is Tyler from Oklahoma. Called a couple times, love what you guys do, and thank you for everything. I was researching a couple of companies, young ones, and I came across things like stock-based compensation expenses and uh after googling i kind of understand a little bit but i was wondering if you could guys could kind of expand a little bit more on it and maybe if it would be a positive or a negative thing for maybe like a young company that might be growing would appreciate your and listen to your uh answer on the podcast thank you all right stock-based compensation this is something uh, that i believe was under sarbanes oxley back in the day post uh 2000 which basically required companies to account for the the equity awards that they give to their shareholders. And it's now viewed as an expense, although it doesn't look like it, from a cash flow perspective, it's no money out. It's just issuing more shares. It's diluting shareholders. Uh, but on the income statement, it is calculated now as an expense. And so the higher that is, that means the more money or more shares in value that the company is, is issuing to their employees. 
and they all have different compensation packages. Some are, are, are equity heavy, some are, are uh, base pay heavy, uh, but almost all public companies have some level of stock-based compensation, usually to the higher-ups, C-suite, et cetera, but sometimes to lower levels as well. And so you don't want a lot of stock-based compensation because that ultimately is going to be diluting you, the shareholder. And a lot of these are in the form of options. And so maybe the shares aren't issued today, but they will be in the future. It does get pretty complex, but know that stock-based compensation is not necessarily a great thing for you, the shareholder. And you'd say, well, their interest of the C-suite will be aligned with you, the shareholder. That's the argument that they're, the, these companies have very heavy stock-based compensation packages for their C-suite executives. But ultimately, you, the shareholder, you don't want to be diluted. So you want to keep that to a minimum. Let's go to Al in Atlanta looking at TTCF, which is Tattooed Chef. You own it or looking to buy it? Uh, hi, Justin. Actually, not a, I don't own it. I'm, I'm not particular, particularly interested in buying it. I just see a lot of discussion about it, and uh, I just like to know your opinion. Okay. Well, this is Tattooed Chef, and they are a producer of plant-based foods, uh, ready-to-cook bowls, zucchini spirals, rice cauliflower, asahi, smoothie bowls, etc., really leaning into the the vegan uh, craze and the plant-based craze that uh, many people are ascribing to. Uh, I'm a big NBA fan, and I know there's a lot of NBA players that are, have gone vegan, and uh, many of them say it's done them very well, Chris Paul, for example. So they're certainly, they're certainly leaning into that trend. And But the big question is, is this a good investment? And last year, they made $0.12 cents a share. This year, they're supposed to lose $0.55 cents a share and $0.07 cents a share next year. But a $20 stock, $1.6 billion valuation, and frankly, the numbers just don't look that great. And if you look at the chart, the chart's just been kind of in a range between the mid-teens and the mid-20s for a couple of years now. So it's not bad technically it's definitely not great it's just kind of in a consolidation phase but the question is will there will they be able to maintain the momentum and then will they be able to do that at a profitable rate september of 2020 so the third quarter revenues are up 95 percent and they lost seven lost four cents a share this previous quarter revenues were only up 46 percent lost 65 cents a share so the trend is not good uh this Kind of seems like a beyond the meat type of story, but it's a, a name that just can't find its footing from a business business perspective, and I don't see a lot of competitive advantages here. It's plant based food, and not not a whole lot to that. So uh, I'm not going to say no. This is not a great investment. Now my focus point today is based on the story behind this headline: investing lessons learned from the pandemic. There was a, a panel. That was uh, put together a virtual panel of some leaders within the industry, and they had some thoughts on what the post-pandemic world means for the market, the economy, government policy, etc., and what those challenges are and how we can potentially meet them. And I'll break down that story 
here in a little bit. Also, shipping operators are struggling to move goods effectively throughout the world. And I want to dig into that story. And then lastly, the Democrats have proposed a change to the tax laws of our country. And I'm going to look at their proposal and what that could potentially mean for the market and businesses as a whole. So that's what's on my mind. But ultimately, I need to know what is on your mind. Okay, so give us a call. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278 is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Now, let's take a look at the market. S&P was up 10 points. And that was after a mostly negative day. It really rallied kind of right near the end to turn positive. The NASDAQ, that was down about 10 points. Very, very modest down day. But once again, after a, a bit of a rally to, to end the day. The NYSE, the broad index, that was up 71 points, really on the back of the Russell. So small caps, value stocks mu- did much better than the growth side of the market today, which is a, a bit of a shift from the trend over the past couple of months. And we'll see if that sticks. But really, that was a, it was a mixed day in the markets. And so if your portfolio is mixed between growth and value, you probably had a, a so-so day. If you were leaning towards value, you probably did uh, better than if you were leaning towards techier growth names. Now, we're moving into a break. Hopefully, you have all enjoyed your weekend, assuming you had a little time off. But, of course, your portfolio never gets to rest, or it shouldn't. And you are building your financial future, and that's why we're here, is to help you reach financial freedom. And I'm taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. Summer is fading fast. You've got a portfolio to grow and protect, so get your finance and investment questions together and call Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. They're ready with their unbiased answers. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Brandon from Northern California again. I'm calling in, and I know you've talked about them both several times, and I've been waiting to get into each one of them. The first one is Costco and Tyson Foods. So I'm just kind of checking to see if you think this would be a good time to get in or if they're still too expensive. Thanks. All right. Well, I think I covered Costco last week and I said it's just a bit overvalued uh, after this huge, huge run from the March lows. Uh, But let's look at Tyson. Tyson is one of the largest poultry producers, chicken, pork, beef uh, producers in the world. And this year, they're supposed to make a record $7.47 a share, revenue up 25% year over year. Last quarter, earnings up 93%. So clearly, their margins are, are good and expanding. And so the recent trend is positive. Uh, I think secularly, it's relatively positive as well. Um, and so this is uh, this is something that is 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 in the right wheelhouse. Let's just say that. Okay. Um, and then the big question is what about profitability? Is this a good company to own longer term? Because you want to make sure that they're earning above the cost of, of capital. 
And the answer is yes. They're on average the last 10 years or so. Uh, it's been in the high teens on return on equity, and that's certainly a good. So uh, technically, it's fine. It's pulled back to its 50-day moving average, and that's uh, that's great. Uh, it's it's right at support. Yeah, nice update today in a value-focused market, and this is trading at a relatively low PE, 2.3% yield. And so I'm going to give this a uh, thumbs up on Tyson Foods. Now, my focus point today is based on the story behind this headline, Investing Lessons Learned from the Pandemic. Now, this was a virtual conference called Your Money, Your Health that was put on by Very Well. And they brought in some some big people in the industry, Lizanne Saunders, uh, Warren Buffett, uh, Ethan Harris, etc. And there were a few takeaways. The first was from Lizanne was basically talking about the breadth in the market, that really the market has been losing momentum since about April timeframe. And the percentage of stocks in the S&P trading above their 50-day moving average peaked in April. Now, it's improved a little bit recently, but is starting to come under pressure once again. So from a technical perspective, underneath the surface, definitely some erosion. You can kind of see that if you just look at the NYSE. That is uh, a much broader index, and that hasn't gone a lot, uh, gone, gone really anywhere uh, over the past three, four months, really, since that April-May time frame. Now, Ethan Harris said, talked about the supply shortages that remain severe and that GDP growth estimates are now being downgraded from 7% in Q3 to 4.5%. That's a pretty, pretty big drop, even though still the fourth quarter is expected to be uh, relatively robust at 6% growth. So we're supposed to accelerate from here. But we'll see. We'll see if that, that sticks. Uh, especially with what's happening with uh, Congress and moving the reconciliation bill through, what type of stimulus packs, stimulus that will give to the market. Uh, so a lot of cross currents uh, underlying the the overall market. I also talked about a surge in retail investing. More than 10 million new investors have entered the market during the first half of this year. And that's the same number recorded the entire 2020. And this is because there's a lot of more access. It's a lot easier to open an account now with Robinhood, Square, even PayPal is looking at brokerage services as well. And so the big question is, will these new investors be able to, in the crypto world, have diamond hands? Will they be able to hold through a large pullback back in early 2020? Remember, the SP fell 35.4% from peak to trough. And then lastly, the Biggest takeaway in my mind is the Fed and that they are going to persistently keep interest rates well below inflation. Inflation's running about 4%. And the Fed's long-term goal is now two on average. So just uh, those are the takeaways and make sure that you understand where we are right now in the market history. But my focus point today, uh, oh, I guess we're going to a break. Give me a call at 888-99-CHART. For investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations, you found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed. Invest Talk. 
Let's go talk to Abjit in Fremont looking at Boeing. Yes, uh, what uh, looks like the recovery time frame and whether it will recover at all or not? I don't think Boeing will recover for a long, long time. Uh, first, this was a company that was very poorly managed for uh, probably mm-hmm. a decade before the the COVID crisis. And you just see that with the seven was seven thirty seven max seven. I forgot the the number, but uh, you have safety concerns there, and they may never get over uh, those issues. Uh, they leverage up their balance sheet to buy a bunch of stock back at very very expensive prices. That uh, it's a lot lower than a lot of those purchases as well currently, and so they've just been poorly managed. And then you add on top of that. Just a bad backdrop for travel globally, especially when it comes to business travel. We see that still down 20 plus percent, even from uh, from 2019 levels. Uh, and even though we've recovered on the the leisure side, there's still some. It's still down year over year from or over the two, two year comp. Um, so. I just don't see this recovering. There's a lot of excess supply of planes now that were running a lot more routes because there were a lot more routes that were profitable in an age of a lot more business travel. And Boeing is just going to struggle. They had to get a bailout, remember. And I just think it's dead money. It's not going to give you anything. You know, it's going to give you they cut their dividends, you're not collecting a dividend. They're going to lose 41 cents a share this year. Supposed to make five dollars and eighty-five cents next year, but even if they do, even if say that's the case, although analysts are starting to downgrade that number as well, you're still talking about a company that's trading at fifty times that number, roughly forty times. Call it too expensive. So don't get obsessed with the big names. Big names oftentimes are dead money, especially when you have the backdrop of their balance sheet and, and the business, et cetera, just move on, sell it, take your losses. If you have any, find a better opportunity. Boeing is just not a great opportunity. 888-99 chart, 888-992-4278. So I get through and ask your question on today's show. We have about 30 minutes left. So I urge you to get your call in sooner rather than later. Now let's touch on shipping, shipping uh, prices. And this is something that is very different than what we saw post the financial crisis. In fact, from about 2008 to 2015, the shipping industry was a terrible business. So many were losing money. It was very competitive. Uh, They barely covered fuel costs because... Shipping in general is a commodity. You just want your product to be moved from point A to point B. It's really all that matters. And something changed around 2016 to 2018. There was a lot of consolidation in the industry. In fact, there was $14 billion in deals to combine various shippers. And now there's only about six container operators that control 70% of all container capacity. And today, those that are trying to ship products throughout the world are paying at least four times more to move their products than they were a couple of years ago. 
and they face longer delays, and it's just a bad, bad time. And so the question is, what's going to clear this up? Part of it is ports are shutting down because uh, of COVID spread. Uh, certain workers are just getting sick. Also, you have a lot of those ports are run by unions. So the unions have a lot of bargaining power to protect their workers. And so that's a big factor as well. And so will this change anytime soon is the big question. And the, pro- the answer is probably not because of that tight controlled supply. And so don't expect the supply issues to abate anytime soon. That's why when the Fed says, oh, it's transitory, inflation is transitory. Well, if you look at the root cause of the inflation, it's not necessarily demand being persistently amazing. You look at the the spending numbers, the consumer confidence numbers, it's solid, but it's definitely not making records, just say that. And so this is really a, a supply issue. And supply issues aren't easily fixed overnight. And that means inflation will remain persistently high. And so I think that's one of the reasons why they're saying, well, should we taper? I don't think they're actually going to taper. I think the economic numbers that you're starting to see are disappointing enough to where they are probably going to put it off. And maybe they won't taper at all. But that's what's happening in the shipping industry and really driving a large part of our inflation uh, of goods because a lot of those goods are made elsewhere. And a lot of companies are catching up. They were on just-in-time inventory. Well, a lot of those inventories are growing. And that's strategically. Now, in the next Invest Talk, the story behind this headline. Oil rises to near six-week high as U.S. supply concerns dominate. That story, Steve will get to tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value. So your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership 
for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. 
Noom.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. The best way to get answers that correspond with your situation is for you to submit your questions to Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. The 24-hour listener line never closes, so don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Colin in Chicago. I've been a listener for probably about a year now. I started just before the pandemic, and I've been creating my own portfolio using TD Ameritrade, buying stocks, doing my own research, and using the advice that you guys provide. And I was wondering if it would work out the way that I'm anticipating as far as starting a traditional IRA on TD Ameritrade using the portfolio that I've created and and just contributing the maximum amount for the 2020 calendar year just as a tax advantage. I'm trying to lower my taxable income as much as possible uh, since I missed out on all the stimulus last year. So do you think it would be a good idea for me to take my portfolio and then contribute the maximum 6500 into a traditional IRA just to get that tax advantage like I was thinking and, and try to keep my taxable income under 100000 I will listen for your answer on the podcast. Thank you guys for all you do. You guys have been a great help. Bye. All right. Well, you cannot contribute for 2020 anymore. You can contribute up to the tax filing date, which was moved back this year from April to I forgot, May, sometime in May. I forgot the exact date. But you could have contributed for 2020 up until that date. So you can't contribute now for 2020, but you can contribute for 2021. And as soon as 2022 hits, you can contribute for 2022 as well. So, yeah, I, I, I think that that makes sense. Now, I'm a ta- not a tax professional. I don't know your full tax situation, which is uh, important. So this would be a better question for a CPA to know whether you should put that into an IRA or a Roth IRA. Uh, if you are in a relatively low tax bracket, the Roth is probably better, locking in that low tax rate. And if you are really looking for a deduction, clearly uh, the, the regular IRA is going to be the best way for that. So just wanted to give you um, some perspective there, but ultimately you want to talk to a CPA. Okay. Now, we will take the time to leave an Invest Talk podcast review on iTunes. We'd like to thank them for the courtesy to get to buy getting to their questions quickly. So here's a question from an iTunes reviewer. KC59 says, I have a small position in GMRE. I'd like to know if I should increase my position. So GMRE is Global Medical Read. It reads that owns and leases 68 state-of-the-art purpose-built healthcare facilities across the U.S. And they're supposed to make 97 cents this year, $1.09 next year, 15 Trading at fifteen dollars and forty-five cents, strong grower about uh, in the mid mid twenty mid to high twenty percent range over the past year. So I definitely like that five point three percent yield. Uh, I like I like this area. My biggest question is what type of medical offices are they? Uh, research facilities are they physician physician groups? Yeah, it looks like uh, physician groups mainly. So I think that's pretty good that I would rather it be the 
research facilities because that's always going to continue uh, as opposed to telehealth. And I think that is going to increase, but you're always going to need in-person physician care. And that's probably never going away. So I like this company overall. The chart, let me look at the chart real quick. It has pulled back recently from about 16 to 1650 on the, the little downside you're seeing on the REIT sector as a whole. And so this is into some decent support here. Uh, the valuation doesn't look off base, not, not against it. So uh, I kind of like GMRE, Global Medical REIT. Yeah, looks fairly solid. Uh, so great call or great question. And thank you for leaving your review. Now let's keep things moving and pivot back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank now. Hello, my name is Nathan from Marion, Ohio. I have a question to, uh, I guess, for Justin specifically. I am a relatively new investor. I love the, uh, love the program and I've been investing in stocks now for the past year or so. But one thing that's caught my attention is options. Uh, Justin, can you please explain to me what exactly are options? Why do they exist also? If we already have the stock market, why do options exist? What are the calls and what are the puts? You know, I see it on TV and I kind of get it, but I kind of don't. So if you could please explain to me, I'd be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Love the show. All right. Great question. And a lot of people, a lot of listeners are new to the game and new to the option world. And I'll give you a brief, brief synopsis. Options are just that. They're options to buy or sell the underlying security. They're derivatives. So meaning any derivative is that the price of that security is derived from the price of an underlying security. So if you buy a call, you are buying the right to buy. Uh, if you're buying a put, you're buying the right to sell uh, at a specific strike price. It expires at a specific date. And most stocks, most liquid stocks have options that you can buy and sell. Now, why do they exist? Well, it's to often hedge, uh, create strategies that can lower or potentially increase the risk, usually if you're selling options, you're, uh, it's relatively low risk. If you're buying options, relatively high risk. Now, there, there's, that's a generality, but that's not always true. Uh, so you have to look at uh, – you can develop different types of strategies for income. Or if you want to play a position, you think over the long term, the, this stock is going to go up dramatically. You can buy a, an out-of-the-money option, for example, a call option. And get a lot of leverage. So if your thesis is correct, your payoff is a lot higher. Uh, and those that are selling those options are looking to garner income from their portfolio. We have a, a covered call strategy, for example. We buy the underlying 100 shares, sell call options to bring in more income to the portfolio and dampen volatility overall. So the main reason they're there is so that strategists can use leverage or produce income to either increase or decrease their volatility of the portfolio. So I hope that was a good synopsis for you, help you understand it. Don't get into options unless you really know what you're doing. Too many people blow themselves up with options and they make bad decisions because they don't understand the risk versus rewards. Uh, oftentimes they just look at the reward and they don't consider the risk and they can get a margin call 
uh, especially if you're selling options without owning or shorting the underlying. Uh, so be careful. Don't go into it without really completely 100% understanding exactly what you are doing. Thanks for the call. Now let's touch on this recent tax proposal from the Biden administration. And this comes out of the House Ways and Means Committee, and they plan to vote on it this week. And it's expected to raise more than $2 trillion in new revenue over the next decade from both high-income households and U.S. companies, split pretty much even, $1 trillion from each, both the high-income earners and the corporations. About $120 billion is from tougher tax enforcement and $700 billion from drug pricing policies. So really hurting the drug companies. You've seen that recently with a lot of the drug companies acting pretty weak. And I think that's uh, the fear that this is going to hit them especially hard. Now, the plan for businesses would raise the tax rate from 21% to 26.5%, which is lower than the Biden administration's initial proposal, but above what some Democrats were looking for, which was about 25%. Now, smaller corporations, interesting enough, will get a lower tax rate, which I think is awesome. You know, us smaller companies, we don't have lawyers to go lobby Congress for tax breaks and loopholes, etc., so this would be kind of a loophole for smaller companies that earn less than 400000 Would Their rate would go actually down to 18%. Those that make under $5 million would be stay at 21%. And then only above $10 million would you get to that 26.5%. So it would phase out between 5 and $10 million. Also, S-corporations of partnerships, there would be – that would be hit a little harder – uh, there'd be less loopholes there and the, the, those paths through entities. So that's something that's interesting. And companies would also face new limits on interest deductions, on interest deductions, which would make the palatability of borrowing money more difficult. And so that was that was an interesting uh, part of the proposal. Now, individual Tax increases are likely to go from 37% to 39.6 for high income earners. So, those earning over 400,000 and 450,000 for married couples. And there would be a surcharge of 3% for those earning above 5 million. So, I thought that was a, a big, big proposal. Remember, this is a proposal. This is not what is going to be passed. It will be different. How different is the biggest question? Long-term capital gains would go up. You have some international tax changes. Uh, there would be uh, the SALT deduction, which is – they're still negotiating on the SALT deduction. And uh, the 2017 Republican law capped it at 10000 and that's looking to go away as well. So something very important there, uh, and we'll see how this goes. I'll keep you updated on developments on how the negotiation goes because there will be a negotiation. Now, as we're heading into the fourth quarter, I want to remind you that it might be a smart thing to reach out to us at KP Financial and schedule a portfolio review by heading over to our website, investtalk.com, or by calling our KPP Financial Office in Irvine, California, 800-557-5461. Hopefully, we can speak for a few minutes, and I can tell you how you can improve your situation and take that next step towards your own version of financial freedom. And if we can help you in some way, 
through our company, KAPP Financial, which we operate with independent thinking and shared success. By practicing unbiased guidance and parallel investing, then great. If not, no big deal. Hopefully, we gave you some great advice. So we'd love to help you. Just reach out. Now, this is Invest Talk. Up next, a question from a caller in New Jersey. Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. And Steve and Justin, thank you for your loyalty. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Your rating is a vote of confidence that leads to higher visibility and causes more people to discover and listen to Invest Talk. So please tell your friends and family members about the free Invest Talk downloads at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Remember to include your brief question when you review and rate on iTunes. And of course, your calls are always welcome 24 7. Don't forget to call InvestTalk 888 99 Chart. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Krish uh, from New Jersey. I wanted to know your opinion on PIMCO Income Funds PDI and PTY. These are income funds giving high yields. So I wanted to know your opinion in your next uh, podcast. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Love your show. Bye-bye. All right, looking at two closed-end funds, PIMCO Dynamic Income, PDI, and PIMCO Corporate Income Opportunities, PTY. Now, they both employ a lot of leverage, and that's why you are getting that nice juicy yield. PTY, 7.8%. PDI, 97 and 41% leverage on PDI, 38% leverage on PTY. Um, I, I like PTY a bit better. Not only uh, it's a bit lower on the leverage, but focused on corporates. And I think that's where the best opportunity in the market is right now is on those uh, high-grade corporates, only 10% uh, in government securities. So I I really like uh, I really like that one. So um, I'm going to go with PTY over PDI. All right. Well, we're heading to a break. So give me a call at eight 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 ninety nine chart. The market is constantly changing, and you've got to be ready to react. You'll have questions. Steve and Justin have answers. The Invest Talk Anytime listener line never closes. 88899 chart. Hi, Steve. My name is David. I'm pretty new to investing. Do you think, like Robin Hood, if I kind of redirect a lot of my capital and stuff to like Robin Hood app for a beginner, do you think that's, I don't know, you think it's a legit app? Because I have a couple things and it's going well so far, but yeah, what do you think? Anyway, thank you. All right. Well, I've said this before. Uh, I don't think that Robinhood is the best broker out there. Uh, it may have the easiest to use app uh, or the nicest UI or uh, uh, might look cool. And it might be what your friends are using. Um, but now that all of the brokers, major brokers, are free trading commissions, then it doesn't make a lot of sense to be with Robinhood. We've moved assets over from Robinhood. Definitely not uh, easy to work with. Uh, no real customer service there. 
And there are so many great features of a lot of the big brokers from the trading platforms that are uh, more robust, uh, research platforms that give you a lot more information, uh, customer service, etc. Uh, we use TD Ameritrade, but they're, they're all uh, all the big ones, you know, E-Trade, Fidelity, Schwab, they're all very good. Uh, they have their, their pros and cons. Um, TD has the Thinkorswim app, which is far more robust than than Robinhood and one of uh, you know it's industry leading and uh, we use a form of that on, on our side on the in- institutional side but the retail investor you can use thinkorswim as well so I, I think Robinhood it was great to push the industry towards zero commissions and it was especially good for the small trader but I really don't think anybody should have their money over there when you have so many great other options now that are commission-free as well. Now, Stephen, I encourage your calls anytime, 24-7. So please tell your friends as well to give us a call with any question that you or they might have. Have So let's go to another voice bank question from 888 chart Hey, Stephen, Justin, this is Dylan from Oregon. I'm calling about the company Sempra Energy, that ticker symbol is SRE. I'm looking to buy, I don't own any of it yet. Some of the fundamentals are looking pretty good to me. I noticed last year they had kind of a big run, but have been kind of naturally trending mostly sideways this year. Looking forward to uh, your guys' opinion on this one and uh, your answer on the podcast. Thank you very much. All right, this is Sempra Energy. Did have a big fall with the whole COVID crisis. And hasn't quite made it back to its pre-pandemic highs, around $160 a share. Now it's at 134 hit a low of about 88 or so. And this is one of the largest utility companies in the world. Distribu- distributes natural gas and electricity in here in Southern California. And it owns 80% of Encore, which distributes uh, electricity in Texas. And it looks like it, SoCal Gas and San Diego Gas and Electric, Electric they also own. So very large utility name, 3.3% yield. Let's look at some more uh, numbers here. So let's make a record, $8.46 next year. So based on that number, I mean, that's it's not expensive. Uh, it's not cheap though. Our fair value is right around here, $135 a share. So it's not cheap. It's not expensive. If you're looking for a utility company that is steady, it's going to pay you that dividend. The dividend does not look at all in jeopardy. If you look at its uh, cash dividend payout ratio of 63% or its payout ratio of 63%, they have plenty of earnings to support uh, their dividend. And let's look at its dividend. Yeah, dividend growth is pretty consistent. Pretty much since 2012, it's been increasing its dividend by about three or four cents every single year. So I like that it's a dividend grower. Yeah, last uh, last time they raised the dividend from a dollar four to dollar ten, and that was almost a year ago. So that they could be increasing that uh, soon. Modest debt. Uh, I really like it. I really like this as a as a utility play, but know that you're not going to hit it out of the park. This is an income generator. Uh, there's not a lot of growth. It's already one of the largest in the world or in the country. And unless there's a big demographic shift, which you know probably not, uh, that that's going to be great for them. Uh, it, it's solid. 
Um, so understand what you're getting into. That's kind of boring, but you're going to get a nice, solid dividend grower. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads that have now hit over 34 million. Get yours anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, and be sure to rate and review. And if you leave a brief question with your iTunes rating, we will prioritize your answer. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.